0: The following content has been rated for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Well, I'm not an expert. I'm not an authority. I'm
1: someone who has been a murderer for almost 20 years. Maybe I should have killed
0: four or five hundred people. Then I would have felt better. People say Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion. There must be something in that. I showed emotion. You know what people said? See, you really can't get violent in
1: welcome to the squonk and the hag a podcast about murder mystery the supernatural and even a conspiracy or
0: two
1: my name is mo
0: and i'm kraken and welcome back for part two of
1: hell's bell the tale of bell Gunnis.
0: you know he's gonna hear about this afterwards right
2: he will but i will say he doesn't listen to the Podcast, true crime spooky things they're just they're not for him but that's okay that's we love him anyway
0: i'll have to do a story on skeletor then then he'll listen
2: mm-hmm. that might that might draw him in
1: but when you say draw drawing him in i i have drawn skeletor on my chalkboard and i will say i am an artistic genius
0: yeah, I would have thought that like the artist from for the original He-Man show just walked into your house and drew that on the chalkboard. Like <laughs> it was just spot on. For it's those of you
1: who don't know, <laughs> my drawing of Skeletor is terrible.
0: <laughs> had the S on his chest for Skeletor, you know?
1: It's my favorite thing ever, though. I so I erased my chalkboard when I need the the space and everything like that, and I refuse to erase that. <laughs> it's still up there.
0: Just, like, put, like, a clear coat over it so that way it can never be erased.
1: I actually have a section on my chalkboard that has that. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a sad story, but when we moved into the house, I and I first painted the chalkboard wall, I, I drew a heart, and it said, um, Mel, Chris, Han, and Chewie. And Aww. for anybody who doesn't know, Chewie is a cat of ours that passed away. And mm. after... After he sadly left us, I was like, I, I'm i afraid that this is going to fade or that something's going to happen and it's going to accidentally get erased. And Chris is like, just clear coat that section. Yeah. So I did. I actually, I traced over it with a paint marker and then I clear coated it. So it is always on my chalkboard.
0: And if you ever move, just get a saw and take that section of the wall with you.
2: Yes, <laughs> Make it part of, like, the, you know, inspection. Like, listen, I know there's a hole here. I will fix it,
0: but... (laughs) This part of the wall is coming with me.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much.
0: We've all seen... And please video it if you ever do that, because we all know how Moe and Power Tools goes, so, I mean...
1: Hey, dude, I replaced the entire floor in my bathroom by myself.
0: You also tried to open a drink can with a, a drill, so, I mean...
1: Oh, no. I wallpapered the wall, too, and installed a new light fixture and a new mirror all by when myself. You, when you
0: when you flip the light switch, does the blender downstairs turn on?
1: He broke me.
0: It's my job.
2: It's, it's mandatory. It has to happen. I'm
1: crying. Because this is what you expect from the True Crime Podcast, is laughing so hard you cry.
0: Now we just wait for someone to edit us reading a horrible part of a story and just cropping in Mo crying laughing after we read it. (laughs) They went into the basement and found the head missing and the body burned. Cue Mo dying laughing. (laughs) I couldn't think of something. I was like, oh my god. That or or cue Mo saying, I bet it smells so good.
1: control. Hey Allie. Yeah. What are we talk about though? Goodness. Why
0: don't we so. just talk about the fact that I've just been sitting over here vibing this whole time playing with this Peppa Pig phone and sitting in here in <laughs> my frog slippers. That's
1: I was I wondering why you was. were so quiet.
0: <laughs> I mean I'm just taking it all in to be honest. Like there's, there's a, lot a lot to take to in. Get, yeah, there's a lot. So.
1: There
2: is a lot to take in. So in 1906 of course we had the disappearance of sixteen year old Jenny. And then, sometime in 1907, Ray Lampier enters
1: the arena. Right, like he shows up. And I don't know why now. I have just like the the scene from Gladiator, but it's like this farmhand <laughs> instead. A challenger
0: approaches. Right.
2: <laughs> right. Well, well, let's let's uh, let's read on because that might be a little accurate. Uh, so, Ray, if you'll remember, he was suspect number one at the beginning of the story. So here's where he kind of starts to come in. So he was hired to be a farmhand and he was allowed to sleep in the spare bedroom in the house. However, soon after, rumors began that uh, Ray and Belle were sleeping together. <gasps> and, dun,
0: dun, dun. And-
2: Which wasn't helped by the fact that Ray, um, he enjoyed going to the bar and having a few drinks. And when he was inebriated, he would talk about sleeping with his employer all the time. Now,
1: the thing is, is he bragging or is he making it up when he's drunk? Because, like, both of those things happen. Like, sometimes when people drink, they're like, Uh "Ah, I'm going to make something up. And sometimes when they drink, they're like, here's this thing I'm not supposed to tell anybody. (laughs) But let me tell you.
2: I think that some of this was a little bit of bragging because it became apparent to a lot of people that Ray had actually fallen in love with Belle.
1: That poor man. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 I say that. Yeah, I, I say that because of what happened to every other man that fell in love with her. But, of course,
2: Ray didn't have any money. Like, he had nothing to offer in terms of, like, a potential marriage, so Belle wouldn't even, like, consider him for a potential, like, life partner. So, uh, she kept bringing in the suitors, right? I mean, he stuck around, he remained loyal to her, and it became obvious, though, after what, like, he got jealous. So you have this situation where you have this woman who's been having all these men visit her house and some of them just disappearing. And then you have this farmhand that comes in and before you know it, people are talking about them sleeping together. She's still having all of these men come to supposedly possibly marry her. And you have this man who is very loyal and dedicated to her and... He is seeing all these men and how she, uh, you know, mostly pays attention to them and not him, and she would never consider marrying him. And of course, he's going to get jealous. You are now starting to see, like, a lot of tension building up in, you know, kind of this situation. What was pretty smooth sailing for Belle for a while is starting to kind of come to a head. So the last suitor. Now, we have a lot of suitors that came... We know some of their names, but we know that the last one that came to the Gunnis Farm was Andrew Haglian. He was in his forties, he's again Norwegian American from South Dakota, and he had been talking to Bill for over letters for about 16 months before he finally came to visit he pretty much was like okay i think i'm going to marry this woman and we later find out because of course a lot of this a lot of this we don't know for sure exactly how many men she wrote letters to because of course the only way we would know would be to find the letters later
1: right yeah and i'm sure there are men who never showed up men who you found someone else and yada yada
2: absolutely But they did find, though, um, later at his house in South Dakota, 80 letters from Belle that she had written this man. And so we actually know what the content of some of these letters were. So I have a letter here that she wrote him. This was the last letter. So it says, quote, To the dearest friend in the world, no woman in the world is happier than I. I know that you are now to come to me and be my own. I can tell from your letters that you are the man I want. It does not take one long to tell when to like a person, and you I like better than anyone in the world I know. Think how we will enjoy each other's company. You the sweetest man in the whole world. We will be all alone with each other. Can you conceive of anything nicer? I think of you constantly. When I hear your name mentioned, and this is when one of the dear children speaks of you, or I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song, it is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture for you, my Andrew, I love you. Come prepared to stay forever. What's really sad is that is beautiful. It's, it's well written. It's eloquent. It is on the surface. Yes, here. triflers
0: need not apply
2: and to think that she was doing this over and over again with countless men and probably laying it on just as thick with them
1: well maybe she actually wrote this letter once and then just kept sending it to all these different guys so I you mean, can like really refine it you know you what just i mean she
0: hired someone to reply to her fan mail
1: i mean that's what i do because i have so much
0: <clears throat> same surprisingly they're all extended car warranties but that's you know that's weird
1: in February
2: 1908, we find out that this last letter definitely worked because Andrew arrived at Belle's farm with a check written for $2,900. Belle kicked Ray out of the house because she wanted Andrew to have the spare bedroom, and this left Aunt Ray infuriated. He felt thrown away. He had to go sleep out into in the barn. He made a scene. Like, he was over it. I think all of this was building up and building up and he finally just could not take it and being kicked out of the house was like the final straw for him. And so Belle fired. She's like, you know what? I'm done. So after this, like, okay, she's fired Ray. Then her and Andrew, they show up at the bank and they deposit that check and an additional $1,200. So Andrew disappears like the others. Just gone. However, unlike some of the others, now granted, Belle had occasionally had some folks that were related to some of these men who were trying to figure out where their relative went, but she never had anyone like Andrew's brother, Assel. Um, And that's kind of an interesting name, and I hope I'm saying it correctly, but he would become a thorn in Belle's side. Andrew had said, hey, I'm gonna go visit this this town, I'm gonna meet this person, I'm gonna be back in like a week well a week comes and goes and he doesn't come back and he fully expected his brother to come back so he started looking around trying to figure out well where did he go because andrew was pretty secretive andrew did not give all the details he said nothing about this being to visit a woman he just said hey i gotta go over here and for a potential business deal and i'll be back and so his brother said to himself you know i don't understand what's happened he was supposed to be back so he goes to Andrew's house and he starts looking around and this is when he finds Belle's letters and he realized very quickly like he saw through what she was doing and realized like his brother probably got conned so he wrote Belle asking where his brother was and he was not happy with her response because she responds oh he just up and left maybe he went to Norway or Chicago I have no clue it's
0: right to take a trip
2: he just oh, yeah he's gonna go back to Norway
0: without uh, telling you
2: right and you know what she had used excuses like this before and it had kind of satisfied people but his brother no he was not satisfied so he told her also told her like I'm coming to Laporte I'm going to find my brother. She was like, sure, you can come on and tell you what, I'll help you out, but uh, you'll need to pay me. And so for him... You just don't quit, does she? No, so for him, he's like, uh, yeah, no, something is wrong. Something is off. So he goes out there, and unfortunately, by the time he gets there, the house is burned down. <gasps> Shocking. So... So this is all within that same time period. This is just like in the weeks and the months leading up to our opening segment here of the house was found burned down and the headless body with the other three bodies were found. And so he comes along and comes to this farm that supposedly his brother went to to find it being investigated for a fire and potential murders. He realizes like, okay, obviously I'm not gonna be able to talk to Bill. There's no way that I'm going to figure out really what's happening to my brother that way. So he asked the investigators if he could look around and help out and hopefully find something that would give him a clue of what happened to his brother. At this point, the investigators are looking for the head of the female body. They still haven't been able to find it. They do know that if they can find it, that Belle had had some recent dental work done. She had some bridge work done. So they knew that if they could find evidence of that or, you know, find her skull, then they could kind of confirm based on that dental work if it's her. So they've been looking everywhere and they cannot find this head yet he's looking everywhere for evidence of his brother andrew it's just he's not finding anything there was nothing so far going through the rubble of the house in addition like the head was also like they were not finding it but they did find the bridge work so we'll kind of get to that in a minute but wait i thought they
1: i thought they didn't find the head they oh, see, C- find... C- C-
0: Mo. that's that's the thing. <laughs> they didn't find the head, but they found the bridge work. I'll let yeah. your mind go with that one.
2: Yeah, they didn't find the head, but they did find the bridge work. Let,
0: let you figure that one out yourself.
2: What the hell? Also, uh, he is uh, about to give up. Like, he's just, he's like, I'm never going to find out what happened to my brother. And then he gets an idea and he asks Joe, the uh, the man that was working at the farm, um, because Joe was still there helping. Like, he was injured from drum- jumping out of this uh, burning house, and yet he's still there helping at the site to investigate and find out what happened. And so he was asking him, Hey, have you by any chance seen any odd depressions in the earth lately, like on the farm? Because um, of course, now he's thinking maybe something's buried. And so Joe pointed to the pig pen and told him that Belle had uh, had Joe fill in several depressions in the ground recently because, according to her, they were where rubbish had been buried.
1: That's cold.
2: Yeah. So uh, he got so also got the permission of the investigator, and he went and he decided to start digging, and he quickly figured out what had been going on and what she meant when she said rubbish. So he went and near the pig pen, he found the freshest de- uh, depression. It was just outside of the pig pen. And he found four dismembered bodies wrapped in oil cloth and dusted with quicklime. A lot of people, I think, think that quicklime is something that's going to completely disintegrate a body. It doesn't really do that. It mostly helps with the smell. I was going to say it's for the smell. But when left on there long enough, it does break, help some of the decomposition to uh, accelerate um, the newest body that also found was indeed Andrew so he was found oh. in the first area that they dug and of course at this point the mood of this whole investigation changed because everyone started to really think about all of these men that had visited over the years and they were looking around and they realized there were so many depressions in the ground like when they really stopped to look. So they started, instead of continuing to look through the rubble, they started to excavate. They were finding dismembered bodies everywhere. Sadly, her adopted daughter was one of the bodies that was found.
0: why
2: there are a lot of theories on this you definitely had that kind of story of jenny saying something to her classmate about Belle killing her her husband but a lot of people think that because jenny was older she was a little bit more savvy to what was going on and then with jenny possibly going to leave and get married It's quite possible that she just simply didn't want Jenny to get away from her influence and possibly tell people things. They kept inviting, you know, identifying different victims because, of course, at this point, as they find bodies, it hits the media. Then you have all of these families that had been looking for their missing loved ones for so long, not to mention some of them had literally reached out to her that you started to have families that came on site. You started to have, of course, the onlookers, the people who are just have this morbid fascination with these type of things, you know, they started to show up. And so kind of turned into a circus very quickly they did a pretty good job in this case of making sure that as much of the crime scene and as much as the evidence was preserved, whereas we know that sometimes in these cases people would end up just picking up anything and everything because they weren't able to keep the site secure.
1: Yeah, I remember, um. I forget the oh, I forget the name of the story, but there was this one where these two lovers were killed by a tree and people literally picked the tree down to the ground to a stump because they were just taking pieces of it because people mm-hmm. wanted these souvenirs which i think is insane yep Would you absolutely want a souvenir of that I
2: don't,
0: <sighs> I don't understand
2: it's just the people that like i feel like we have that fascination with this type of stuff in that we are still very much horrified by this we don't necessarily want to take part in that part of it but you always have those people who want to somehow have a connection to it and want to be able to say i have a piece of this tree i you know was able to pick this up from the crime scene who have that fascination in the most unhealthy of ways and unfortunately during this time there were there were a lot more ways that people could get to this kind of stuff so it was way more common
1: yeah like nowadays people will go to scenes and take photos and stuff like that whereas because everything's locked down the police have everything in evidence back then they didn't have the ability to do that
2: and it didn't help that people also capitalized on this in terms of just turning it into a profit you had people who were, you know, morbid tourists and onlookers. Like, literally thousands of people would come here to see the excava- excavation of this farm. And so you had people who showed up and they started selling ice cream and popcorn and something called Gunness Stew. So these people who were showing up to watch them dig up bodies.
0: You weren't lying when you said it was a circus. That's one thing I don't understand either is, like, souvenirs... Like, yeah, you mentioned the whole wanting a connection to that or whatever. But, like, why, why do you just show up to a literal crime scene? Like, yeah, we're here to watch them dig up some bodies. I want some popcorn and some Guinness stew.
2: Yeah, because that's totally what well-adjusted people do.
0: Yeah, because I want to go get snacks and watch people dig up bodies at a crime scene. That's, that's what I do in my free time.
2: Right, and we're not talking about, like bodies here. We are talking these were dismembered bodies. They pointed out that these bodies basically looked like they were butchered like you would butcher a hog. They were quartered. Which is something Belle could do on her own. She was known to butcher her own hogs. So this was... A very, very gruesome scene. And then, with the addition of the bodies being dusted with quicklime and being wrapped in oilcloth, they said, like, you would pull some of these bodies up, and it was disgusting.
1: I can imagine some of the older ones were probably like, I, I apologize for saying this, but like soup.
2: I know I I left it out, so I don't remember how they worded it, but it was, like, they very much described them as being like that, right? Like, it was not an easy excavation at all. So, in addition to it... And I'm
0: not going to help matters here when I say this. So, like, it makes it worse that people wanted to go watch something like that be dug up out of the ground while eating something called gunna Stew.
2: And it didn't also help that, like, just the way the media portrayed this as well like initially obviously they were like oh no this mother and her children but then it turns into oh well this woman is obviously uh, a terrible human being they called her hell's bell hell's princess the lucretia borgia of laporte uh and lady bluebeard among other things they referred to the farm as a murder garden people were horrendously murdered and dismembered
1: and murder Garden, really yeah i was gonna say garden is a very very different picture absolutely so also one of the things that i was thinking about is they did this with shovels yeah they didn't this have was... equipment they didn't have this was not like i said this was not easy
2: this was not even really scientific in how it was done it's like they had literally like shovels right it was not, not necessarily something where you had people who knew what they were doing coming in it was just those that were doing the best they could with what they had they were able to find 14 intact bodies in terms of they found all the parts but they absolutely found other body parts that they couldn't quite figure out if Like, they knew they didn't belong to the others, but they couldn't quite figure out if they belonged together or not. Um, and And some of that is just due to the way she disposed of the bodies, and then some of that is just due to the crude methods that they used to excavate these bodies. But when they looked at how many men responded to her ads when they consider all of her husbands and her children... Of course, now we have to question this fire, they said it could have been as many as 40 people oh that this woman potentially could have murdered.
1: And I think so, this kind of circles back to what we had talked about with, you know, she she's one of those under-the-radar serial killers. Mm-hmm. Possibly 40
2: people. And this one, again, it's like, you know, people have inflated H.H. H. Holmes numbers, right? but we only have evidence to confirm six her it's like there's evidence enough that 40 is not outside the realm of possibility because again there were body parts that they could not figure out they belong together or
1: not she could have also had stuff elsewhere that was never found
2: because again when did this
1: start like when like i said when did that
2: flip that switch flip for her It's a lot to kind of think about the magnitude of what that could potentially add up to.
1: And I hate myself for suggesting this, for even bringing it up, but it has happened repeatedly over the years where people in food industries, butchers, cooks, etc., dispose of the body... their customers yeah I mean unfortunately you have to you have to question that and wonder that it is possible the only thing is I would think if she was doing that she probably wouldn't have buried them you know she would have just sold them right something else So, but it is possible and that's horrifying and I'm kind of nauseous now
2: Just okay but this happened over 100 years ago
1: she can't hurt you
2: fair Gunness
0: but there are plenty real. that can. can hurt you.
1: <laughs> yeah, Stew is in the past. I so... feel like my my brain is a horrible place, but I don't know if you've ever seen like the Game of Thrones cookbook, the World of Warcraft cookbook. I'm horrified because it probably exists some sort of serial killer cookbook. Probably. I have a serial killer coloring book, so I'm sure there's a cookbook. I mean, when and... you
0: look it up, like I just did out of curiosity, there is a recipe for something called Gunnis Beef Stew.
2: That doesn't surprise me.
0: I don't know if it has anything related to do with like this, the story, but like that's the name of the recipe.
1: Oh, I'm sure it does. I just want to know how they found out what the recipe would be or if they just made beef stew and they're like, ha let's call it Gunness beef stew. <laughs>
2: I mean, I, th- I feel like it's really a they capitalized on the the fact that she was a hog farmer and they were selling stew. And so they named it after her. So in the midst of all of this, we still have Ray, who is a suspect in the fire. So he's arrested and he's charged with arson and the murder of Belle and her children before the fire. So in the days leading up, Belle claimed that Ray was coming around the farm and making threats. She tried to get him legally declared insane, which failed. But... She also drafted up a will just one day before the fire, and she told the lawyer that she feared for her life because she was pretty sure Ray would murder her and her children and burn the farm down. Such foreshadowing. It's like she knew what was going to happen. least specific. Ray declared, like, he's like, I'm innocent, Now, it didn't really help that when they found him, he was wearing a coat and a watch that belonged to two of the men that had gone missing on the farm. So that wasn't Uh... helping his case. And a boy reportedly saw Ray running away from the farm just before the alarm was raised about the fire.
1: That's not in his favor. (laughs)
2: No. Now, Ray claimed that he was just lurking around the farm and ran because he was pretty sure, like, they would blame him for the fire if anyone saw him. But, you know, obviously, that's what happened. People blamed him for the fire. But Ray said that, uh, no, it wasn't him that Bell lit the fatal fire herself. And the female body found in the basement alongside the children were not was not Belle's, but that of a housekeeper she had
1: just hired the day of the fire. Oh, that's horrible. Can you imagine getting a job and then that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God.
2: So here's so here's some interesting evidence. So a lot of people dismissed Ray. They were like, "Yeah, whatever." However, some of the evidence maybe stacked up in his favor. So the coroner pointed out that the body that was found in the fire, so in the basement. Granted, it was it didn't have a head, but they were able to tell that it was about five three, and
1: probably about one hundred and twenty five pounds when you know before the fire. And a head. I'm gonna. I'm gonna showcase my mathematics and science skills here. Your head does not weigh 75 pounds. No, it does not. So, isn't it said it weighs
0: as much as like a bowling ball?
1: Which is not 75 pounds, right?
0: <laughs> I don't. know numbers.
1: <laughs> okay, Krako. Next, you know what? Come up here. Let's go bowling. I'm Did gonna you get not? you a 75 pound bowling ball.
0: You know what? I would do it just out of spite. I, I'm pretty sure they don't make a 75 pound bowling ball. You, you know, you figure out where I can get a 75 pound bowling ball. I will buy one and take it to my local bowling alley and video me bowling with the 75 pound bowling ball just out of spite.
1: Are you going to potty shot it?
0: I don't know what that is, but if you, if it means getting a, getting a toilet and bowling from on a toilet, then yes.
1: You don't know what a potty shot is? <laughs> That's <laughs> that's where (laughs) it's where you stand with your legs apart and you hold the ball between your knees and you squat down and roll it like a little kid
0: no I will do my best to literally one hand grip it like you do a normal bowling ball I'm gonna treat it like a normal bowling ball
1: but only if you can find a holster for your pig phone first
0: oh yeah that'll be on my side and like the shirt will be like lifted up and tucked behind the phone so like it's purposely like showing off the phone And I will find some uh, Paw Patrol bowling shoes.
1: I regret my decisions. I'm so sorry. I love you, Allie. (laughs) I love you too It's questionable about you,
2: Greco. No offense. Yes.
0: No, this is fine. This is fine. I mean, I'm used to it at this point. This is fine.
2: So no, a bowling ball would not weigh 75 pounds because we know that Belle was closer to 200 pounds and she was much taller. So when they said 5'3 for the other body, they accounted for the fact of like how much height would be added if you had a head. So this was by stature, a much shorter body and Belle was closer to 5'9. So she was on the tall end for a woman. That being said, that bridge work that they found uh, was identified by the local dentist as being the bridge work he did for Belle, so a lot of people were like, mm, "I mean, it's her bridge work. How else would it have gotten in there?" Uh, she some took other... it out. Right. Um, some <laughs> other things that people were pointing out is that the day before the fire, Belle, uh, right after visiting this lawyer and claiming that Oh Ray is going to kill me and my children and burn the house down, uh, she went to the store. She bought a new toy train for her children and two gallons of kerosene. Got
0: a lot of lanterns there you trying to light?
2: A lot of lanterns. People are like, okay, but the bridge work, right? Like, the bridge work. They never found the head. Ever. The prosecution decided, you know what? It likely just burned to ash in the fire.
0: The head burned to ash, but the body didn't fare. Okay. I was right. going to say the
1: same.
2: Um, and then also they were like, listen, there was $720 in her savings account. Like, why would she leave town and leave all that money there if, you know, she
1: was supposedly so greedy? Because she took all the other thousands of dollars out?
2: Why possible. So in uh, 1908, May of 1908, they decided to go ahead and start the trial. They can, you know, they wanted to... Uh, proceed with charging and possibly convicting ray of this crime now his defense team pointed out that it is quite possible that bell could have planted the bridge work and it is more than possible that that body was not hers right because it like the the things are not thinking, right? The things are not adding up. They even went. Things so aren't far. doing
0: the stuff that things <laughs> normally do when they're thinking, right?
2: Exactly. And so they were looking at this as how can we prove this? So they went and they took a sample piece of bridge work, something that would have been similar to what Bell had, and they burned it at the same heat that you would need to reduce a a skull to ash. Because they're like, all right, if you're going to claim that the skull was burned to ash, then we're going to see what happens to bridge work when the heat is so hot and it burns long enough that a skull becomes ash. That experiment showed that the bridge work was like super damaged and partially melted, which was nothing like the condition of the bridge work they actually found. It was nowhere near as damaged. In fact, there is a picture of it and it's charred, but very much intact. There is nothing melted about it there. Like you can still see where the wires are uh, sitting in certain places that would have been used to kind of help hold some of the things together. They had all this evidence. They said, listen, look at this. Like there's no way that this bridge work would have burned in a fire hot enough to disintegrate a skull. However, The jury decided to convict Ray of arson, but they acquitted him on the charges of murder, which is kind of interesting to me. So they were like, "Okay, so he
1: probably didn't murder them, but he did set the fire. What proof did they have that he set the fire? Like there was no no proof. Like, did he buy fuel? Did he? I mean, obviously he was seen in the area. But, you know, how how did they justify that?
2: I think, honestly, a lot of it went back to that boy that saw him running away from the farm when people realized the house was on fire. I think there was a lot of that. And I think there was a lot of just Ray wasn't necessarily considered like as suspiciously as like Belle, like his reputation was eh, so so. But he definitely didn't have like this reputation of being like this great hard man that everybody, you know, adored. Like, he was kind of the town drunk. So I think that there were a lot of people who were more inclined to think that he probably had something to do with it. And even if he didn't murder her, he maybe was in on it because they were sleeping together. That's not necessarily going to put you in the best light when you're being potentially convicted of a crime in This time and place. He was sentenced to 21 years, but he really only ended up serving a year because he died in prison of uh, TB in 1909. Gray gave at least two confessions while he was in prison. They were conflicting confessions, but they give us an idea of perhaps what happened on that farm. So, based on the evidence, Based on his conflicting confessions, we know that Bell had been murdering and hiding bodies way before Ray got there. But after they began their relationship, she had Ray helping her dispose of bodies after the fact. Every time that Ray gave a confession, he always said he never participated in the actual murders,
1: but was involved in the cleanup. So, That's messed up. Like, I, yeah. I know he loved her. I don't think I love anyone enough that I would um, help with that.
2: No, if uh, my husband came to me and said, hey, I murdered this person, I need your help cleaning up. But I'd be like, yeah, no, you're on your own.
0: Sorry. You, you, I, I have you. a feeling you would be like, one, not surprised. Two, <laughs> I'm not helping.
2: So the story that Ray gave is that when men would show up, Belle would cook a feast for them, and she would drug the food or the coffee. When they began to, like, get woozy and start to, like, nod off because of the drugs, she would use a meat cleaver across the back of their heads. She was also known to chloroform them while they were sleeping. It didn't matter how she ended up killing them. They always ended up in the basement, where she would then dismember them, and either bury them or would make Ray bury them. She said that, or Ray said that sometimes if she did not want to bother with the uh, digging,
1: she'd just feed them to the hogs. Yeah. So I was going to ask how'd she get the bodies in the basement, and then I realized, hey, she can carry a piano. She can carry a piano, right?
2: And I think that's part of why, even though there were conflicting reports in his um, stuff, that some people, you know, kind of believed it. Uh, There was also a story that came out afterwards of a man who actually visited her, and he survived. Oh. And he said that, you know, he didn't really think too much about it, of like what was happening. Like everything seemed okay. He was asleep in the bed, the spare bedroom that night. And he said he woke up and she was standing over him, like looking down at him.
0: Not creepy at all.
2: He freaked out, like, kind of screamed. And she like scurried out of the room, like didn't say anything, just like scurried out of the room. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm done. So like middle of the night that that man got up and left. He didn't even bother taking his trunk with him or any of his belongings. He got the bare minimum
1: and he got out. So he actually did what she told everybody that the other people did.
2: He actually did it. Yes. And you know, thinking about, like, what happened to other men is supposedly, according to Ray, like, I don't know that she was intending on killing him that night, but she may have been testing to see how sound of a sleeper he was. Which is frightening. Obviously, with all of these people sort of starting to figure out what's what's happening and Belle realizing that... Andrew's brother was going to be coming there, that she may have gone too far. Like everything was kind of adding up. People were going to figure it out, so she decided she was going to escape. Here's where things get really murky with Ray's confession. He claimed at one point that he and Belle were in on it together and that they were supposed to run away together. The housekeeper was lured there to be a stand-in. She planted the bridge work and then held her children before putting them in the basement with the housekeeper, and then setting the fire. Ray says Bell was supposed to meet Ray, but she escaped alone instead and left him to take the blame. Another time, Ray said that he actually picked Bell up and took her to Stillwell before going back to start the fire himself. And Bell that where you know Bell had left the children behind. And then another time he claimed that he killed Belle and her children before burning the house. I know that he was starting to get sick and succumb to tuberculosis, so I don't know if some of this was just him being ill and or if some of this was him trying to first make it out like he didn't have involvement and then admitting, but he had all of these different stories.
1: I feel like the one where they were in it together and they were gonna run away might have just been him trying to convince himself she loved him.
2: I mean, quite Because possible. he loved her.
1: I mean, it's quite possible.
2: After Ray died, one of his confessions was obtained by a journalist and published. This is where the legend of Bill Gunnis kind of took off for people because yes, the case seemed closed Everybody kind of assumed, oh, Bill's dead. The man who killed her's dead. She was this awful person who murdered all these people. But then there's also this confession where did she actually get away? Like, and so you started to have examples of sightings where people are like, Oh, yeah, I saw Bill Gunnis you know, here, or I saw Belle Gunness there. And then you had other examples of, like, her being compared to other famous cases. So decades before, there was a case out of Kansas where a family by the last name Bender kind of did some similar type murders. Of course, H.H. H. Holmes, Lizzie Borden would eventually kind of be added to that list of people that Belle Gunness was compared to and again just kind of interesting that today we don't really know of her as much as we know some of these other names but at the time she was very much compared to them very much kind of put in that category. People say that overall when they estimate in her insurance scams and theft that she ended up with $240,000 which would be
1: 6.7 million today. That is definitely enough money to disappear.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a large number, uh-huh.
1: It is. It is. So obviously
2: people claimed they saw her all over the place. Most of these were debunked. However, there was a case out of Los Angeles that was not only very compelling, but it kind of sounded familiar. So there was a, in 1931, there was a woman named Esther Carlson who was arrested for poisoning the man she was caring for. He was Norwegian American and his name was August Lindstrom. Money was the apparent motive and people began to draw connections between Esther and Belle. Esther died of TB while waiting for trial. However, it, some people say that folks from LaPorte came to see her, the woman's body afterwards, and they were convinced it was Belle Gunness. They also said that Esther had a picture of children with her that looked really close to Belle's actual children. But obviously, like this is way before we had DNA or anything like that, so there was really no way for them to tell. What's really interesting is that newspapers at the time went ahead and ran side-by-side images of Esther and Belle to, like, see if people thought it was the same woman, which those pictures are out there. You can look at them. And Esther is very much has a thinner face, but almost looks like uh, someone who has lost weight. Thinner face. But there are so many bone
1: structures that I'm just, like... And Um, you said this was in 1931, so this would have been, she would have been a lot older.
2: Yeah, she would have been in her, at that point,
1: she would have been in her 70s or 80s. Right, Right. so definitely an older woman. Um, And as you age, your muscle mass deteriorates. That's why you get saggy. (laughs) yeah <laughs> I, so, I don't know how else to mention it so it could have been that you know when she was in her youth she had she was always very strong very um, well fed we're all taken care of and youthful and then it kind of gravity takes over so it it's quite possible right exactly So in 2008, they
2: decided to go and exhume the headless body to do DNA testing. They actually had sent the body to Chicago and had buried it next to Belle's first husband, Mads, because they assumed it was Belle at the time. So this person who we don't know who they are, they were... Sent to a completely different place and buried next to a man that may or may not have been their husband. But they had a letter in an envelope from Belle that that had been found, and they were really hoping that they could get DNA, a DNA profile from it to compare to that body that was exhumed. But unfortunately, testing was inconclusive, so we don't know for sure who. That body is, or who they belong to, and obviously there were no surviving children from Bell, so we don't have descendants to compare it to. And unfortunately, that's where we are when it comes to the case of Bell Gunnis. She may or may not have escaped. She may or may not have continued murdering people but what we do know is that during the time that she was Belle Gunnis or Belle Sorensen, she did a lot of awful things. And if she did live beyond that fire in that house, it's quite possible she continued doing awful things.
1: So I know this is a horrible thing to possibly suggest, but could they exhume any of the children? And test. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it would depend
2: on where those bodies went. Yeah. That's 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 interesting. I don't know why they wouldn't have have done that unless because here's the other thing too. Some of the some of the records are kind of murky. I feel like it's confirmed that her son was her biological child. But there were people who questioned if the girls were her biological children. Fair. So I feel like there were questions of, can we even test these bodies to be able to tell and that be a valid test? I also feel like, you know, there are probably people who were... Uh, related to those children through the husband that if modern descendants are still connected
1: they may not have granted permission to have those bodies exhumed. True, true. That's just, ugh, that's just crazy. Like, I want to know.
2: Right, it's one of those things where, and I think this is why I keep coming back to this one. Because, I mean, I know I keep saying that. This is why this one gets to me. But... It's just, it's this combination of things. It's the fact that she went from arson to murder. And not just, like, murdering people she didn't know, like, her own children. Well, and she started
1: with her own children.
2: She started with her own children as infant, potentially, if we are to read all those records correctly. And, you know, you have this progression and you have all of these strange details and of course we always have to question if we have been given all of the information as truthfully and as uh accurately as it could be because there are so many things that were sort of made bigger in the media in the you know newspapers than perhaps they actually were yellow journalism is a thing and there are so many stories that yellow journalism have perpetuated that were straight up not true while we know a lot of things about her and her life there are still those things that it's like what's yellow journalism what's local legend or urban legend uh what's actually true what was rumor what was you know you have all of these different things. And it doesn't help that, of course, like after any type of thing like this, people are quick to claim like, oh, yeah, I saw this or, you know, I read this or I had this interaction with her, which we do know the one gentleman who said that he survived, uh, you know, her farm. He definitely was there. They found some of his belongings there later. So like they confirmed his story it's just all this big question mark and then to think that possibly she staged this she finished off the rest of her family ran away with god knows how much money and then to potentially show
1: up years later for having done the same thing and it makes you wonder is there some sort of unknown trail of her from Indiana across the country to L.A. over the years doing the same. You know, killing. Because yeah. a cool-off period like that is is kind of rare. It's not impossible. Some zero-killers will stop for years and years, like Raider and Dahmer and everything. But that's a lot of years. That's 30 years. That's a little crazy to think that she would do that. So I wonder if there are just mysterious deaths that happened along the way that nobody put the pieces together. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she got away with them.
2: Yeah. And another thing that a lot of people said or kind of wondered, and I even think that in one of his... Because, again, once Ray was in prison, I he just... He started talking, and I don't know how much of it was true and how much it was... Maybe him trying to be heard or he wanted to have his name be out there. But, you know, there were some who questioned how was she able to get away with this for so long, considering these men had been showing up for years. All of this money was being deposited. These men were disappearing. You had these examples of... People seeing her digging in the pen. You have these examples of people noticing all of these belongings just left at the house. Folks are like, what? Like, did she have accomplices? Did she buy off people so that they wouldn't look into anything? I know at one point, Ray was like, yeah, she had some other accomplices. And they're the ones that helped her like stage the whole fire thing and got away together. I don't know that I necessarily think that there were accomplices, but I do think that it's interesting that there were people who were questioning what was happening, but nobody actually looked into it.
1: You know, what if they had some of the things that we have today? You know, forensic techniques, knowledge, investigative techniques, DNA, all of that stuff. You know, how differently could this have gone?
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we probably would have more ideas about potentially who some of these victims were. Because again, while they were able to make some connections and figure out some of them, there were quite a few that were unidentified to the extent that they ended up putting up um, on the 100th anniversary a memorial to those um, victims. They put like a headstone in the local cemetery in the honor of those particular victims because there were enough of them that weren't identified.
1: Well, weren't identified and don't know, like, you know, he said she fed some of them to the hogs. There were pieces, unfortunately, found.
2: Yeah, and I feel like there was also at one point he said that there was some sort of vat that I guess that they would use to... I guess sometimes when you're processing hogs, you can use the vat, and I think it helps get rid of the, the fur and things like that off of them. And he talked about the, her possibly putting some of the bodies in that. There's no telling, because, I mean, obviously she was comfortable with butchering these people.
1: So who knows what else she was comfortable doing. She's obviously very comfortable butchering hogs. That's, mm-hmm. she's a butcher but how do you take that step of going oh I'll just cut this person up it's fine
2: yeah well and I think you almost have to consider the fact that she was very close to it all crumbling with her second husband's death like they were, they were on to her they started an inquest she could have been charged and so I think that you kind of have that span of time where she's not doing anything because she's thinking to herself, well, I I didn't, like, I almost didn't get away with it. Like, how do I get away with this if I want to continue? Well, maybe don't. Maybe don't, but apparently she said, I'm on a hog farm. I can use this stuff and it'll work out just fine.
0: That's yeah. absolutely horrifying. Still, just a little bit.
2: Hey, so, Allie, yeah, thanks yeah, for today, the nightmares.
0: Pal? What did we learned today, class? Belle Gunnis is sus. Got it.
2: She is very sus. Uh, if
1: you are... Oh, she would probably be real good at Among Us, though.
0: Uh, hey, did anyone see what happened and why there's a body here? Oh, he probably left and went back home. <laughs> In the middle of the he night? Me Norway! Stuff and gave me his money. He, went he went to left Norway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I think something we also learned is that if you see a personal ad or a dating profile where she is telling you that triflers
1: need not apply and let's join our fortunes, maybe don't respond. So, Allie, I think maybe you don't want to put that in your personal ads. I know you said you wanted to, but uh... no, don't don't do it for me. So, okay, one last question: Is Tommy a trifler?
0: I mean he applied and he got accepted so i mean i guess no
2: i mean i i did relocate halfway across the country for him so no he's not a trifler
1: he's a keeper he's know something said
0: that but okay
1: <laughs> i mean honestly you could have gotten him to move to you by just mentioning hash browns
0: <laughs> you could have you could have said like you own stock in waffle house and he would have been up there instantly so i mean
2: um i mean you know it's you know it could have been possible but here we are Uh, I'm a I'm a girl out on the
1: east coast now well I will say thank you for the horribly disturbing story
2: you're so welcome I am so glad that I could share this absolutely horrific story with you
1: well we appreciate it and we love you (laughs) I love you too Yeah, and uh, you are always welcome to join us because as was probably very evident, you are an amazing researcher and know a lot of things. Unlike somebody who's like, yeah, 6.7 million, that's a big number.
0: Yes, that's definitely more than four.
1: Well, I am
2: always glad to come around and share all of the Sometimes useless knowledge that I keep up here in this old noggin. I enjoy it.
1: Uh, We enjoy it as well. And I think that's a good point for the
0: outro. Bye.
1: Dude, I got it recorded now. We got it all like cut together. Got some music.
0: Yes. You you thank our viewers. It kind of seems like we know what we're doing. Kind of sort of.
1: Oh, look at that. As always, make sure to check out our website for all of the show notes, sources, and more information at thesquonkandthehag.com.
0: And we would also love and appreciate your support by either leaving a review on iTunes or through small monthly donations using the viewer support link in the description. And if you don't subscribe, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast network to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. All right, Cracko, you ready? Goodbye. Hey,